Hello, Happy New Year and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Just Thought You'd Like to Know podcast season two. I'm your host, Akil Balagopal, and each episode I'll be bringing you the most random conversations with different guests as they share facts and opinions on the topic. So this episode I'm joined by none other than Premier League goalkeeper Rob Elliott. Rob launched his career at Charlton, being an instant fan favourite for a number of seasons, before moving to Newcastle where he played in the Premier League and became a mainstay for over nine years at the club. Rob currently plays for Watford and has gladly come on the show today to share his story for the rise to the top and tips for aspiring sports personalities. So Rob, absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, thank you so much for you know taking the time to come on. Um, how you been over the Christmas? Yeah, good mate, good. I had COVID unfortunately. Um, you know, um, unboxing days is a bit of a nightmare, but it's, um, it is what it is, you know, sort of life at the moment and especially well, within society and football, um, we had a bit of an outbreak at our place, like most clubs. So it wasn't ideal, but I got to see the kids on Christmas Day and the family on Christmas Day, which was um, which was brilliant. And we actually had Christmas Day off for the first time in like, well, I think for the first time since I was 16 years old. So um, that's mental, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's mad. You know, what I mean, there's um, don't get me wrong, it's one of the best jobs in the world being a footballer, but there are there are there are things that you do sort of have to miss out on. And so to have a full Christmas Day was pretty good and obviously in payment for that I got COVID after the next day so um, yeah you can't get anything for free nowadays oh no that's um, devastating but how's the um, club coping with COVID at the moment is it the well the Prem in, in Hull is struggling at the moment aren't they with yeah pictures? I mean I, I think it's rife everywhere isn't it but obviously they've got to put safety first and you know these things tend to happen sometimes um, with uh, with COVID and the, the biggest thing I can say is that the club always put us um always put us first in terms of like health and safety the doctors and the medical team are amazing you know and in this situation I think it's important that um, that's always recognised regardless of the money in football and all that and I think that that really has been um, it really has been and it is it's so refreshing to see um, yeah. and um, yeah because it's not easy it's not easy uh, it's not easy having to, to deal with this you know I know that the, the doctor and that are under a lot of pressure um, for obvious reasons of you say you talk about the, the size of the Premier League, yeah. having games pulled off last minute, etc. It's not easy. So, um, no, it's it's good. And 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 those players, you know, you feel lucky because we're in the safest environment. We've got doctors at the club, we've got physios, we get tested every day. So there's not really much that we need to worry about as such. Yeah. Uh, other no. than other than we're probably in the safest environment for most people when you think about what doctors and nurses are going through. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think um, it's weird because you know it's been a a massive talk about player welfare when you know Jurgen Klopp came out and said about you know fixtures being too close together or this that and the other and there was a lot of outrage especially on Twitter so I'm, I'm sure that you've experienced football Twitter as much yeah, as mate. It's, you know, it's, it's just a different world that I mean football Twitter is just the craziest thing ever and social media I mean just goes to show, for me personally social media just isn't a reflection on how people feel in society but for some reason we seem to take it that it is yeah. Um, and you know, you have to have thick skin. You have to have thick skin as a footballer, anyway. You know, um, people calling you a fat bastard or telling you, you know, saying like screaming all your shit on a uh, <laughs> on a on a, on a, the stadium is is right. It's good banter, and you enjoy that. That's part of it. But obviously, you get some very nasty, horrible things and um, in Twitter in real life. But it is what it is, you know. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, like, yeah, it's um, it's one of them ones where you just have to. You have to decide if you're if you're in with it, you're in with it, and if you're not, you're not. What you can't do is be on social media and then not expect the not not abuse that goes too far. Obviously, like yeah. you know, obviously discrimination or racism or anything. But you know, if you can't handle someone, some like a twelve-year-old telling you telling you you've been shit on Twitter, then probably shouldn't be on it. You know? Yeah, no, um, absolutely. I think um, so, yeah, it's a part and parcel because um, football in itself is just a massive community and it brings so many people together and especially over COVID when it was, you know, when we weren't able to watch games the one time we were all stuck at home. It, you know, truly had an impact on everyone, especially, I'm guessing, players as well, as well as fans. So it just, you know, the um, anger and frustration shown by fans just goes to show the extent to how seriously some people can take it, I guess. But Yeah, like, definitely. And listen, like, it's tribal, isn't it? Like, football's still tribal, and that's why it is what it is. That's why it's so different to every other sport. Um, you know, like I'm like a massive Charlton fan. Obviously, I'm a Newcastle fan now, and been there so long. You know, and you do you you have such a <laughs> biased opinion, even if you're sensible or reasonably sensible. Yeah. But the um, <clears throat> but it, it, it is, and and you have to accept that. And it, it's uh, and it, and it's you know, I love it. I actually love play. I love playing for Charlton. God, like as a boyhood dream. You know, I used to watch Charlton play 
And then obviously getting a Newcastle, there's the best like those fanatical fans in the world. You know what I mean? It's just I love that. I love feel like I'm a part of a club and a part of something. It really that's sort of really what helps me and motivates me. Yeah. But, um, like we talked about before, that there's good and bad to everything. You know, there's no. I mean, you can say there's rights or wrongs or anything. No, I think the thing for me, I'd like to see more balance, as in I'd like to see players being more approachable and players being more interactive. But then in the same sense, if you want players to really let fans know who they are and how they want, like, acting like normal young men, then people have to understand that they are human beings. They will make mistakes. And they, you know, young lads, 28, 20 years old, want to go out. They want to, yeah. like, they just, I don't know, they just made the Premier League debut. Of course, they probably want to go out with their mates and, have a couple of drinks if they drink if they don't they don't or just celebrate and there's nothing wrong with that you know just yeah. like um, just like in many situations in life and now I'm all for that I want to see characters I want to see like people who excite you on the pitch but then also like you can relate to off it not yeah. I don't want to see sort of like these robots that um, sort of tweet the same things or we go again next week and all that you know it's boring it's not, yeah. it's not real it's not what fans want to see they want to see a genuine connection of people who care yeah um, and I think that's that's the biggest thing for me. You know, that's like that's yeah. that's the the, the, the the thing that's going to push, hopefully, push football forward. Anyway. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. You obviously meet, you know, or you come across footballs on social media who are so, you know, the term is media trained in the sense that you know they have to do this, do that, and the other. But then, of course, you you play with um, someone totally opposite to that, Mr. Ben Foster, who's you know out there making YouTube videos, doing podcasts, filming, you know. What's that, what's that been like training around with um, Foster in the ranks? Yeah, I love it, mate. He's a legend. Like he's an absolute legend. Uh, we got him really well. Obviously, um, I, I love it. I just think, well, so like he's doing it. He's he's showing everyone how it is. What's behind the scenes? You know what I mean, okay, it's not. He's not. He's not showing the showing the stuff that is like personal. You know, the stuff that's sort of like the dressing room that keeps the dressing room together. Yeah. But he's showing the fans stuff that they want to see that they don't get to see all the time and. I think um, I think it's brilliant. I, I actually think going forward, it's gonna it's gonna set a trend. I think you're just gonna see more and more people doing this um, over time. And I think um, I think the uh, I think it's so refreshing. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's gonna get stick from people. Fair enough. Like you know, we all we all know and accept that. But I think you look at the like everyone when we're out and about and that and people are like cycling GK. Oh, we love it. You know, <laughs> um, because you do. Like, why would you not? You want to you want to see what people are like and. No, Fozzie is exactly how he is in there. He's just happy, he's bubbly, he's always laughing, he's always like joking, and um, and it's uh, yeah, I love it for you personally. I'm a big fan of it. I mean, it's not something I would ever do. It doesn't really suit my personality, yeah. but it's something that um, something I'm all for because because there's no errors or graces, you know. Yeah. And also, it, it reminds people that football is a game of it's a game, and although it's really important, it's also not the most important thing. The most important thing is making sure you're being a good person and you, you're giving everything you can and you're like being a good teammate, you're being a good dad, husband, father, whatever it, whatever it might be at that time. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, I think it's wicked, mate, honestly. I can't say I enjoy seeing myself on it because I just hate the way like, um, I come across. But I think that's just more, that's more, that's more my own personal issues, I think. No, I, mean, no, I think that's all of us, to be honest. I think it's, it's, oh, like, it's horrible. That's yeah. one thing I hate. You see yourself on TV and like, even this, listening to my own voice, I'm like, oh, it's horrible. Yeah. I'm happy just to, I'm happy just to lock myself away and not have to do that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, no, I'm hundred percent with that. When you hear your own voice back, like even with the podcast, when I you know release them, I'm just like, I can't listen to myself again because, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what it is. You're all right, man. You got a great speaking voice. Oh, um, no, thanks, yeah. Rob. It's uh, no, I mean, yeah, I look happy, right? but the um, <laughs> no, it's, I know what you mean it's horrible, but yeah, Fozzie loves it. He's a natural, and he pretends that he doesn't, but he's a proper. He proper loves it. He loves yeah. really. Uh, he loves the attention, and he loves the the interaction, and because he's doing it for the right reasons. That's the that's the reason he's doing it for the right reasons. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah. you know, and what goes under the radar is the amount of requests he gets to do videos and like shout outs and that sort of stuff not on not on his account but just in general and he never says no you know what i mean and he always does it and um yeah that's the main thing for me is that he uh he's just as good a lad yeah it's just such a positive image for football in general um that he creates as well um so it's just like you know taking it right back as in so obviously you started from you know down south in charlton um you know we were discussing before about how you know you wrote to clubs and it was Charlton that reached out to you um, because you started as a outfield player was it so where did you play yeah so so I played on pitch until I was um until I was 15 or 14 15 and then um 
the goalie didn't turn up on winning goal and I just absolutely loved it and I think that was the biggest thing if you really enjoy something you really love it then then you just got to do it and and I did and started playing for Sittingbourne and um, I think it was about a year where I was playing sort of 18 under 18s first team uh, the reserves and training with the first team which was huge for me and you know, looking back I didn't probably realise at the time yeah but it was huge and then um and then I actually got a trial at Gillingham. I think I went to one of their open days or something, and they, they let me train with the youth team and stuff. But I mean, I was woeful, to be honest with you. I, I let about six goals in every time I played, but I'd never had any experience of playing at that level. I'd barely sort of finished playing, um, I sort of barely finished playing like youth team football mm. or not, like amateur youth team football. So I didn't know any of the basics. And, um, and yeah, and, and in the end, I just I felt like I was getting better and better. And it was, being a professional is what I wanted to do. I didn't have any reasons why I just really felt that way so I wrote off to all the clubs in the southeast and got a few note letters back from clubs saying like no thank you but like etc which was nice it was good to some of the clubs I think Brentford Chelsea were definitely two of the ones that I remember writing back to us um but then I remember um the next day literally the very next day I got a call from um one of the coaches at like Cholton my boy at club and was like I thought it was a joke he's like can you come in and um can you come in and train with us sort of thing and, yeah sort of couldn't believe it so I'm there I'm a Cholton season team holder watching um, watching uh, like my heroes every week and then I'm walking to the training ground sort of like Scott Parker Chris Powell Dean Kiley like the like Cholton legends and yeah, yeah wow. it was really overwhelming and luckily there's a golden coach called Lee Smelt who realised that I was awful but he um, knew that I I hadn't learned anything and uh, like took it upon himself uh, to help me stay and eventually got a got a scholarship and Sort of started full time then. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? I think it just takes that one person in the club to sort of take an investment in you and not close the doors too early on. Because I think you see that with a lot of players, who's you know, it's because it's just turn you turn up on the day, and if it's not your day, and then some people just close the door. But then if they give you that you know small amount of potential to see that the talent you've got, then it just goes a long way. Yeah, no, exactly, and 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 that's the that's the biggest thing as I've got older. It's it's like it's looking at the person the individual as well not just if they're good or they're bad and looking past them things and having the ability to see those things and um yeah, yeah forever grateful for that. you know still friends of me come to newcastle see us with his wife a little while ago and um and he, now i'm down at watford a lot down south i go and see him and um yeah it's huge because you know there's always people who help you on your way and it's it's uh you know like every single player out there every sports person will have people from at different ages that helped them, you know. Um, mm. As I sort of went to Cholton, and I got in the first team at Cholton Guys Newcastle. It was Andy Woodman, the goalie coach, who really helped me as well, pushing on, helped take me to Newcastle when he moved there with Pardew. And okay, um, yeah. yeah, and so like you just have to you have to sort of like realize very early on which people are out to help you, and um, and and you really and when you find someone who's out for your best interest, you know, it's like it's like having good energy. You want to stick around and you want to sort of be near them because they're only going to help you and push you um you know they're not always steady relationships you know they can be a bit rocky sometimes because you're working closely with those people but ultimately if you've both got the right intentions then that's always gonna it's always yeah. gonna help absolutely and then of course you know the um big move signing to newcastle was it in 2011 right it was me yeah yeah, yeah I, was, um, I think i was actually playing uh football at uh, frinsbury you know because i think um oh. I think it was that we had a five-a-side tournament. Like obviously, um, and yeah, I did score a penalty against you in that. I'm just <laughs> you probably did. Yeah, I know. Mate. I think I remember that. Everyone was getting annoyed because I think when we got to the we obviously when we got to the semi-final, the final, we all um, we all went in. Uh, I think I went in goal, and a few people weren't happy. But yeah, it was it was good fun. It's like yeah, great, no, great fun. yeah, that's, but, that's, um, no, it was there because yeah, because you know Dan South obviously got um, you know Charlton Boy Club, and then you know. You know, we played cricket together at Frinsbury and, you know, all your mates are down here. So then to go from down here to all the way up to Newcastle to play in the Prem, like, that must have been a massive lifestyle change. Um, oh, yeah, massively. Um, the like, It was huge, really, uh, moving away. I've, I've moved away on loan to Accrington and Nuts County before. Mm. But to know you're moving away permanently and you sort of don't know what's going to be there. Obviously, jumping up from League One to the Premier League, you know, such a massive club. Um, and like, I didn't even understand how massive the club was, you know. I knew it was a big club, but then when you get there, you just you know, the whole the football club sort of is the epicenter of the city. It's sort of like the heartbeat mm. of the city, and 
it just engulfs everything that's to do with the with the area and like obviously I've fallen in love with it as you can probably tell and my family are up there, my kids are all Geordies now and um, like they're like they're my second club with Cholton. Um because mm. it's just so infectious and I think if you really buy into it, um like you become part of the community. Um and it took a while, and I'm not saying it happened straight away, you know. Um when I first moved up there, you know, there was times where I found it really difficult and I was maybe wanted to move back home or um, maybe I was thinking, you know, it's, I'm never going to get the opportunity because, you know, in the Premier League, reputations do count for a lot. Um, mm. So it's hard to to really make a name for yourself. You need that perfect time and opportunity. But um, yeah, no, mate, it was it was it was a it was it was it was mental. Like you say, we was I played that tournament. Newcastle put a couple of bids in that been rejected. So I was sort of designed to stay in at Cheltenham for a year. Um, they'd already replaced. They'd already got my replacement, Ben Hamer, who's doing really well. I think I think I played the first four games that season, and um, luckily, um, Charlton accepted a bid on the last the last day. I think it was. So I was sort of playing the five side, messing around with the lads, and next thing you know, my agent called, and I was on a plane to Newcastle two hours later, which was just mental. Yeah, no. It's um, so it, it was all a bit of a whirlwind, and then sort of a week later, you're looking for a house, and then you're training, you're meeting these players that you sort of watch on TV, and then you're like, oh, I'm actually training and playing with these now. Yeah. Um, so, what was it yeah, like um, sure. teammates was? Because obviously, you know, playing for Charlton, um, and then to go to play with you know Premier League teammates. What was the attitude like in training and the camp stuff? Was it like a step up, and were they like? Oh, like... Must, mate, honestly, everything's a step up. Like how mm. professional the lads were. You know, like I'd go in there and they're all in the gym and then they're training. Training was so intense and it was so good. Like the lads took it so seriously. Mm. Not that we didn't in Cholton, by the way. Like that's not like a gap, but like we took training seriously and stuff. But there was just a bit more of an edge to it, as in lads were there to be to play at the elite level and to be the best they could, like every day. And you know, like I think when I go in, there, like check, we just ran around booting people in training. Like if he lost, <laughs> if he lost the five aside, he'd nearly cry. He'd be like booting balls away and sort of going in in a bad mood, shouting and that. Um, like Yoan Kabai, just top top player. Like trained every day on it every day Colachina the captain so aggressive like mm. everything he did the intensity he had it at um, Denver but like you know, you're walking into these players and you think and then there's players that you know maybe with my lack of understanding that I probably thought um, oh well uh, uh, yeah they're okay but then you train with them you're like these lads are proper proper players like you don't play in the Premier League if you're a poor player and you know, like there was a there's like lads like um, James Perch, Ryan Taylor, who mm. probably for most people would have just said that, like, would have said, oh, they're they're decent players. But when you actually train with them, like how good they actually are, um, it's like it really takes you by surprise the level you've got to be at. So, um, yeah. No, it's brilliant, mate. It was such an eye opener, and it, it's um, it's always it always stuck with me. You know, like my biggest thing is I was always I always give a hundred percent in training, like always and and, and games, etc. But probably my thing when I was at Cholton is I once I left training I was just like, well I'm off to play cricket, I'm gonna play golf or I'm gonna go out to the lads or I'm doing whatever it is. Whereas when you when you go up to that level you realise that every decision you make has a knock on effect to training the next day or to the game at the weekend. And if you want to be at that level you've got to change your lifestyle to adapt to that. Yeah. Um, and and like there's some there were some lads that were so professional like everything they did revolved around get, being ready for a game on a Saturday and, and mm. it was quite incredible to see and you sort of have to hold your hands up to these guys and say like the commitment is just um, it's why they got there it's why they probably maybe had the same ability as other people even less but they had that desire to 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 get to the top yeah yeah no it just goes to show isn't it? I think just for, no for me personally and I think a lot of people agree that Premier League in general and just world football. Premier League is like the pinnacle of football at the moment. In, in, when you compare us, like just to le- in, you know, compare leagues across the world, you take into compare like the Liga and the French League and you know, German. It's just for me personally, I don't know if that's because I live in England, but the Premier League is always going to be at that top, even though the level of football for pers- certain clubs in those leagues might be different. But I think the Premier League just offers something different. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I mean, if you look at the stats in some of these countries that players score goals for example it doesn't happen in the Premier League no. you know, even if some of these some of the greatest players we've got like say Ronaldo's Messi's um, obviously Messi hasn't come over here but uh, Salah uh, mm. Suarez like when you look at the goals they score in England compared to what they score in France Germany Spain wherever it might be it's not the same because you like to try and play against teams is so much more difficult because of the intensity and the pace and the power and teams are, you know like 
and we 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 obviously beat Man United this year, and Man United have different court time at Newcastle. We've upset a lot of big teams because you genuinely believe, especially when at home in the Premier League, like that you can win games and mm. that you can upset teams, and you can defy the odds, and um and there's an intensity and a um mindset about it. It's yeah. hard to explain because you know you say there's a lot of foreign players come over here, so it's not like it's uh, just the English lads. It's a lot of foreign players playing in the Premier League, so. I think it's just the acceptance in the Premier League that there's none of this like, tactic, tactics, yeah, 100%, but the the intensity, the commitment, the physicality, you've also got to have that so it tests you in every front. Yeah. Um, and, and that is at the moment, it's the best league in the world. The two best teams in the world, in my opinion, are playing in the Premier League in um, in City and Liverpool. I, I genuinely believe they're the two best. Um, you know, that doesn't always necessarily mean they'll both win the Champions League. They'll win the Champions League this year, one of them, but mm. it means for me personally, um, they are. And um, yeah, you just got to enjoy it while it's like while it's like this. You know, four or five years ago, it maybe wasn't that the case. So while yeah, it is exactly. strong again, you just got to enjoy it. And and I think that's the thing we got to forget about. You, know, you listen to all these radio stations and Twitter and social media, but actually just enjoy, enjoy yeah. it, enjoy watching football. And... <laughs> exactly. I think um, it's um, so obviously with you know your love for Newcastle, the um, takeover must have been quite exciting news. Then, do you think that's yeah. going to have a massive impact? Yeah. It's huge. I mean, obviously, I'm buzzing for the club, but it's not great for... It's, it's sort of not ideal for for us at the moment at Watford. But, no, I mean, it needed to happen, you know. Mike, it obviously was very stout. It wasn't a very nice atmosphere there. You know, mm. the relationships between the fans and the club, as in the hierarchy, had completely dissolved. And uh, a club of that size and that magnitude, um, with the fan base it's got, needs a team on the pitch that can replicate that. Yeah. Uh, and now, obviously... What the owners they've got now, I mean, I, I think probably I'm right in saying in five years' time, Newcastle will be challenging for everything. Um, mm. because I mean, the just when you look at the what they've got, the money and the assets they've got, um, um it's incredible. Some of the stats I was reading, um, but obviously, it's going to be a, a long process, you know. And I think, I think they've got the right man in terms of Eddie Howe, um, to start it to build it up. You know, they've already, they've already, they've already seen an improvement. Uh, maybe not in results as such, but in performances. Um, yeah. Obviously, the, the sign Trippier. So that if that's a sign of things to come with the sort of calibre of players they're going to get, then uh, I think there's only going to be good things. You know, even if the worst does happen, they get relegated. Then um, I still don't think it's a negative. You know, unfortunately, the club needs a complete um, overhaul from from top to bottom and bottom to top again. And um, there's a lot of good people there who will be able to help with that, you know, and some of the staff behind the scenes, etc. And there'll be a lot of players there that'll be able to do that. But it, it is going to be a long process, you know, but it's one that's going to be positive, you know, for the area and for the fans, they'll be able to enjoy it. Mm. Um, they'll, be lot, like, they'll be able to enjoy it, probably hunting for the first silverware in 50, 60 years. And, and do you know what, it's like any football club, all you want to do as a fan, any club, football club, you know, it's been a struggle being a Charlton fan for the last few years, um, is you just want to look and have a little bit of hope and look forward to, the club progressing, you know, and sometimes progression isn't winning Champions League or Premier League, it's and they're getting promoted from League One or it's um, finishing the top 10 or um, playing a bit of better brand of football, whatever it is, you just, as a fan, you just want to go and see that there's an improvement and there's a structure and there's like, you're aiming for a goal and, and that you, you can watch it rather than just, like you say, like a lot of fans over the years for, for various clubs, you just feel like you're watching your team drift or just get slowly worse and it's it's the most no, painful exactly. thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. But um, so obviously, you know, you've been in the game for, you know, such a long time, almost what we're talking now. So almost 20 years, would you say? Yeah, um, depressingly, yeah, 20 years this year. Yeah, 20 years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I think that's a, obviously a, a massive thing because... For a lot of young footballers at the moment, what you're getting told is if you don't get into the game young, then you know you're never going to make it. But then, obviously, there's examples, you know, such as yourself, Foster, Vardy, who's been in the game for so long. Like, how do you ensure like, longevity, like longevity in the game? And you know, do you have any tips for any young footballers coming up at the moment um, to, to to get into the game? Um, I don't know if there's. It's hard to say. Everyone's different, but I think the biggest thing is. You've you've got to like you've got to work hard and you've got to enjoy yourself and you've got to push yourself to get better. Like one of the biggest things that go underestimated is learning. So mm. um, just just learning your game, learning your trade, and not not learning. For me, I don't know. For example, if you're a goalkeeper, you want to make the unbelievable world class saves, right? Which is huge, right? They they match winning saves, but if you can't 
if you can't deal with um, dipping volleys or you can't deal with crosses or passbacks before then, the simple stuff, it's not going to matter how many world-class saves you make because if you're making the basic errors, mm. the, no one's going to be too fussed about the, the top-class saves, etc. So I think like really, like any anything in life, like if you can learn the basics of your job or what you need to do and making sure that you do the basics well so you don't make silly mistakes, you give yourself such a good platform to move forward on. You know, like I'm physically not the best goalkeeper in the world. I'm not a natural athlete. I'm not like... Um, um, super fast or anything like that but the one thing I always did is I always tried to pride myself on um, is trying to be solid and not make too many silly mistakes and just do the right things and try and be consistent in what you do um, and I think that sometimes if you can be reliable for the first thing people the manager the coach can say right if I play him I know he's going to do x y or z and also you're going to do what they ask because that's that's a huge thing to be part of the team um, then that gives you such a good footing yeah. Um, and I think that's that's sometimes what you need, like for, for younger kids, just like just just keep working on your basics, you know, just keep keep doing the simple things really well. Because if you do the simple things really well, the big things will take care of themselves. You know, then moments, then special moments, then if you're a striker, that ball that drops you on the volley or that the goalkeeper making that world class save, like they they will come, they come few and far between. But when they come, you'll take the opportunity because you've done the basics well and you got yourself into a, into a good place. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's, you know, goes to show, isn't it? It's if you just keep working hard, you know, sticking to the basics and not going over the top with certain things. I think, you know, there's um, a lot of youngsters who just get lost in the world of, you know, having to overcomplicate things or, you know, thinking that they have to match someone else sort of thing. I guess if you work, yeah. on, if you work on your own game and you work on what you want to achieve, then that's the, you know, best way to go, sort of. 100%, mate. Like, um, you, you can only be you. You can't be anyone else. So you might want to grow up being Ronaldo, right? Which is fine. Mm. Which is brilliant. What a guy to, to try and emulate if you're a striker. But, like, you can't be Ronaldo. You can only be you. You know, there's no point trying to be someone that you can't be. You can steal things from them. You can look at, like, why they're so good. And you can try and use that to adapt to yourself. But if you're not trying to be yourself, you know, if you're, if you're a six-foot-five um, six powerhouse, and you're trying to be messy, it's probably not going to work out too well for you because, yeah. like, you've just got different attributes. But if you decide, like, if you're, I don't know, Harlan, for example, if you're built like Harlan, powerful like Harlan, then, yeah, you probably want to say, well, well how can I use that to be better because I'm similar? Um, but you always want to try and be yourself. You know, one of the things I've got older is is you realise as you see players and see times, if you, if you try and work on what you're good at and try and be better at who you are and what you can do, then... You, you're going to be so successful when you try and do things that you can't or not you can't, but things that aren't natural to you or things that don't suit your game, you know, just mm. you know, like how many times you see like a really, really fast player who doesn't use their pace down the outside when, you know, you scream at them going, if I was as fast as you, just knock it past him and get crosses in or win us a corner. You know, sometimes like just, just understanding yourself, understanding your own strengths and weaknesses is the way you get better. And they like, when you understand, okay, you might have weaknesses, everyone has weaknesses, it's human nature, you can't be perfect of everything. But sometimes don't worry about them weaknesses as much. So like, yeah, if there's stuff you can work on, work on it, but don't overdo it to the point where you forget about your strengths and what makes you so good. You know, if you're, if you're brilliant in the air, um, then don't try and be, and but your, your first touch isn't brilliant. Okay, work on your first touch in training, but don't stop, don't stop doing crossing and finishing. Don't stop putting your head on the ball because ultimately that's what's going to, put you above everyone else you know, yeah, it's, um, absolutely. Like, and, and I think that's that's the thing I want like for any young kid or anyone is any person in any walk of life I suppose is for me is just understand yourself and just be good at what you're good at be mm. the best version of yourself because that's all you can be now you don't have to be perfect no one's perfect and I think that's the problem now is people look at Instagram and they look at this and they want to be perfect they want to be perfect um, like they just want to look like yeah the figure they want to be, want to be Insta yeah. they want to be Instagram ready you know what I mean like, yeah and the thing is now that my issue is sometimes now with with younger players to a certain degree um, because obviously if they have another chance to prove themselves and is like they want to look like good footballers rather than be good footballers um, mm. and and I think there's a big difference between being a good footballer or being a good sportsman or professional cricket wherever it is and actually looking like one because like the only one of them is going to get you so far. Um, exactly. like some people you, you look good and they think oh yeah he looks good and blah, blah, blah. but if you don't deliver if you don't do what's required to be a top player um, then you won't like the biggest thing you can say is like 
I've had I've been lucky to work in like in the Premier League for a long time. Is just the top players. It's not luck. It's just hard work and dedication. There might have been just everyone's got their story about how they got spotted or how they got into the team. It might have been the team had no money or he just got chucked in or whatnot. But the reason the lads stay there and they had these long careers is because of how hard they work and they keep improving and they do their jobs and they're consistent. Um, yeah, that, that's the main thing. Definitely. But um, no, Bob, so that, I think that brings us on to the um, Q&A questions that I've um, got from listeners of the podcast. So, you know, um, from our Instagram followers. And um, so a few questions that they sent in. What The first one was, um, what would you say was your lowest moment in football? And um, how did you mentally react or cope with it? So a bit, bit of a deep one, but... Yeah, just sure. of... um, um, I don't know, really. There's probably been um, there's probably been a few. Um, I don't think there's ever just one because mm. um, obviously everything at each time affects you differently. Um, I mean, yeah, there was. I mean, I think of things like, for example, when I was um, when I left Newcastle recently. That was that was tough, you know, because I've been there a long time. I actually love the place, and if mm. I was honest, I probably wouldn't have left. If, if it was my choice, you know, it wasn't my choice to leave. Um, and I probably would have stayed if I could because I just, like, I really enjoyed being a part of the club. Um, and that was tough because, you know, obviously after 10 years of, like, driving to the same place every day, seeing the same people, being a part of a club that, like, that I grew to love uh, and, and knowing that also that meant that I probably have to spend time away from my family as well, which I'm doing now. Mm. Um, all the emotions become, become quite... Um, come quite a lot and it takes time to sort of recover from those things you know people seem to think you just move on but you don't it sticks with you and and um, and it's frustrating and, and it hurts because you also don't feel in, in my opinion you know like towards the end you know like I never for the last year and a half I never sort of got a chance to play again um, mm. so the last game I played against City I think and um, I think it was Boxing Day or something like that I never knew that would be my last game for Newcastle you know um, yeah. I always thought I'd have got another game at some point but it turned out that was my last game for Newcastle and I didn't know that and so you sort of leave and um, it was during COVID and stuff and I never really got to see people that I liked to have seen properly and, and mm. said goodbye to and such and um, so that that was tough and, but then you just got to sort of like for me I just sort of just tried to be really appreciative of the fact that I had such a long career time there and mm. um, like a like a lot, nice journey there and and that um, you know, I was very lucky to be able to like you look back and think like what brilliant occasion I made my Premier League day we played in Europe got to play national football mm. um, sort of like made it my home you know I sort of went up there I went up there a young lad and I was sort of left there like a man with a, and a father of three Geordie kids now yeah, yeah, so it's just, yeah basically your life is it? I think yeah I think exactly that's, that's, yeah so you look at the development show, yeah. you just sort of think yeah right yeah. it's amazing look at, look at the difference and, and stuff yeah. and and you just sort of think, yeah, do you know what? It was amazing. I can put it down as a brilliant chapter. And there's yeah. always things in life Cause it goes that you well, differently. Yeah, when that question came up, I was thinking when I was going to put that forward to you, like my ideas were like, you were probably going to talk about a really bad game that you had or an injury no, or something. I mean, just, listen, you have got, bad yeah. games and bad injuries. I snapped the ACL, you know, I was playing really well. So it was, you know, one player of the season that year and I snapped the ACL and that was devastating. Do you know what I mean? But that's life, that's football. You, yeah. Unfortunately, that's those things. And yeah, listen, that was horrible. I knew I weren't going to go to the Euros. I probably would have gone to the Euro 16. So I never, I've never got to go to a major tournament, which I would have been able to do. And maybe I've had a chance of playing because I think I was the only goalie playing every week. But uh, in the end, Darren Rand's, uh, Randolph played and played really, really well. Um, but like, yeah, I think, you know, it depends on the type of person you know are. And you know, for me, football, as much as I love it, it is just a game. Um, it is a game of football. Yeah. When you look at what's happening in the world and what happens to people, things people have to go through. Um you know, I, listen, I'll give everything 100% and I'll do the best I can, but it is, at the end of the day, it is, it is a game of football and I'm not going to... Yeah, you know, absolutely. Having a bad game, listen, I never, ever want to have a bad game and I always want to try my best, but if it happens, it happens. And, you know, the biggest thing you can do is hold your hands up and just make sure that next time, whatever you did wrong, however everything go well, try and correct it. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think that's... So, a, so it just puts it into perspective because, you know, you... Um, as you know, if it was like a you know, football madhead, it's thinking, you know, week in, week out, you watch these 11 players, but you don't understand what, you know, they're still human beings. They're still just that normal person that you are. And, you know, there's no difference between yourself and someone who's, you know, playing football, I guess. At the end of it, like you said, it's just literally a game. And the Mate, same watching. Exactly. Like, yeah. 
exactly the um, what do yeah. you call it? <clears throat> Excuse me. Like obviously, yeah, you know me down from down the club and stuff. No, like I listen. If I okay, I play play football as a living. There's a lot of responsibilities that come with that, a lot of sacrifice you have to make, and you know you know what it is going into it. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean I still don't want to play cricket in the summer with my mates. That doesn't want doesn't mean I don't want to have a couple of beers on a nice hot day um, on a day off. It doesn't mean that I don't want to like spend time with the family instead of having to travel all the time. Like there's just there's you know like I think the human side of it gets lost. And mm. I think, like, like we talked about before, I think it's like catch twenty two. So you want players to be more receptive and like, like I don't know what would be the right word. Be I don't suppose you want players to be um, like more in, more interactive with fans, and you want players to have more of a personality and stuff. But then on the same side, players get attacked if they do things that no, not by fans because fans love it. Genuinely, deep down, fans love it. But like, I've, I've been nice out of Newcastle and get bought drinks from fans and stuff like that and they like mm. no one cares that you're out you know what I mean like a couple yeah. of times I've had issues with people um, who are just probably out to cause an issue anyway but you just most people like the fact that you're out that you're out in town and you're out with the fans and as long as you're respectful and you have a chat with people and all that sort of thing exactly, you know, yeah. people love it yeah. um, whereas like if the papers and the soap and everything now they try and make a big deal like I don't know like, you see I mean, like, you look at, like, that's why I like Guardiola. Like, a lot of these players are out and they go out and celebrate if their birthdays and whatnot, and it gets in the paper. But Guardiola doesn't care. It's like, well, they're human beings. What are you doing? It's your birthday. What are you doing? It's your mate's birthday. You go out and you have a few drinks or yeah. you go out for a meal or you, whatever it is you do. There's no, no right or wrong, but um, it just shows you've got personality. And I think that's the thing that, for me, needs to change in football is we need to get the personalities back. And no, like, Gaz is an extreme example because he lives <laughs> some crazy life. Yeah. But, like, how much do we all love Gaza because of, he was just him. He wore his heart on his yeah, sleeve. He said absolutely. what he thought. It wasn't always right or wrong, but um, like you just you warm to that, didn't you? You know. Um, yeah, I think that's exactly. what wants to, That's what I think football hopefully will will get back to. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think personalities is is key. Is because um, um, so many players nowadays just feel so restricted because of what they can can and can't say. Um, and you're thinking it's just a bit extreme. Just because they play this one sport, they have to be these role models to a certain extent, but they're also human beings that just need to live their life as well. Because obviously they're doing good on and off the pitch, but, you know, there's, like you said, there's extremes, like you've got Gaza and, you know, to like the extreme end version of it. But, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, but like, but it's fun, isn't it? And, like, and the thing is as well, I always say this, like, is you'll get people abusing players and stuff like that, but if you're a parent, which I am now, and obviously there'll be people listening who've got older kids, is you, you send your kid off to university, for example, let's use that as an example. Yeah. You think you're going to, like... If you had that footballer mentality of it, you wouldn't be saying something, oh, don't go out before uh, you have lectures the next day. Don't um, make sure you don't uh, meet any girls or any boys, whichever way it is. Like, do you know what I mean? Don't talk to yeah. girls. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> make sure you eat all your vegetables. Make sure you get your diet right. Like, um, I don't want you putting on any weight whatsoever. Like, make sure you get eight hours sleep. Like, you just wouldn't say that to people. What you'd be saying to people is go out, enjoy yourself, experience life, like, be sensible. Yeah. You know, when you need to do the work, do the work. When you can enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself. Obviously, yeah. don't do anything it's stupid. It's about balance, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and then like and and that's the thing. But if it's a twenty-year-old footballer um, or sports person, um, anyone like male, female, whatever it might be, because everyone there's no escaping it now, is there? Like, um, it's oh wow, they uh, I don't know. For example, like oh, they were out on Saturday night after they lost two 0 It's like yeah, well, do you know what? Like they might have been out for their best mates. 21st party birthday party and it might have meant the world that he's that he's he's made it all the way from manchester to london to see his best mate his 21st yeah, exactly. now it might be i'm sure who i'm just I'm, I'm just making it up here but yeah i'm sure the fans will be annoyed that he might have played badly and lost but he's then traveling for 200 miles to go and see his mate for, for his 21st for a night out and you know, that's that's what a good friend does but because you play football suddenly you're a bad professional you're a bad person you don't care just on the fact that you're being there for a for a friend's night out or a family do or what it might be and yeah that that's the frustrating thing for me is that, that sometimes listen sometimes lads are numpties and they do mm. things they do things they shouldn't listen there's a line you don't cross and you have to be respectful and there's other times where it just gets it just gets stupid and you just sort of think come on like let's just like yeah. let's just let people right. live and as long as they don't hurt anyone and as long as you know they're, they're, they're doing everything they need to do in terms of when they're playing then yeah just exactly. crack on so uh, next question, <laughs> bit of a cheesy, cheesy one that was sent in. But as a as a goalkeeper, as a goalie, what are your goals this year in your personal work life? You say yeah, it's a tough one actually because my situation here, once I'm older now, is that um, 
um, obviously I knew say coming back to Watford, so I really enjoyed it. Got promoted last year. It was a great atmosphere. Yeah, I probably would be number three, and obviously um, Fozzie's had a couple of injuries, so I've managed to be on the bench a bit more. Um, but my aim was just just to sort of try and train every day, um, and that's something I tried to since I think after my ACL, I just tried to make sure I was always fit and always training every day. Try not to miss too many training sessions, mm. um, and then be good around the place. You know, make sure you're like always good, always positive makes you speak to everyone take an interest in everyone because like more and more you realize it you see it and as you get older I think just getting older I think you see it and you sort of realize how fragile um the whole like the change room can be mm. and how fantastic it can be for the players so to be someone who obviously isn't playing regularly but can just and with that it means I can be a bit more relaxed and I can have a bit more banter and I can say things that maybe you wouldn't say if you was playing because you wouldn't have upset anyone or anything like that and um just, just, yeah, just, just try and be a positive influence in whichever way I can. You know, hopefully, I'll hopefully try and get some games. And, you know, play play the Carabao Cup game. Unfortunately, we lost. It was one of them games where we should we should have won and we lost. And hmm. um, yeah, it, it's a tough one at the moment. It's a bit of a transition stage for me. You know, I do a lot of coaching and um, I'm sort of studying my license and doing things for later on. Okay, um, yeah. And I'm also still enjoying the fact that I'm a footballer. So I'm just trying to get as much enjoyment out of it as possible. You know. Yeah, no, um, I think especially in this this period of time as well, where I think we've just gone through such a weird two years as well, just the world in general. Um, it's just it's important to make the most of the time that we've got, enjoying things that we love to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like if you can't look at your life and go, um, if you can't look at your life for now and and try and find what you love and go and do that, then you're probably going to struggle because if if this couple of years hasn't taught you to make the most of everything and enjoy what you can then um, I'm not sure what, what else will exactly. so um, if you weren't a goalkeeper what position would you be playing on the pitch that's what I've been sending as well uh, yeah, so, just, um, you know, well, when I was a kid I played everywhere really and but towards when I was like just before I went in goal I sort of play I just sort of played through the middle um, okay. which is very general but I'm obviously I've always been a big big lad um, so like when I was playing at Chatham before I went to sit and I used to play no, it sort of seems to work out that if we're playing against the stronger teams, I'd play centre half, and then when we played against the weaker teams, I'd play up front. Oh, um, yeah. And um, obviously, I played in midfield a little bit, but no, I, 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 do you know what? I miss playing football. It's a really stupid thing to say as a footballer, but I really miss playing footy because you know what? Sometimes, like we join in possessions and that, and I really enjoy it. And I just um, I can't wait to finish playing football to start playing football, if that makes any sense. Because I want to I want to play five uh, five sides and. Um, maybe a bit of Sunday league, yeah. yes, yeah. Maybe not Sunday league. I'm not going to lie; that's way too brutal for me. <laughs> I've watched, I watch the lads play sometimes. And I'm just literally like, no, no, you're okay, thanks, mate. Yeah. Some of the tackles go in; it's incredible. I love it. Um, <laughs> but the, um, I don't know if I'm ready for that anymore. I think um, I'm happy just to watch my watch Max play football on a Sunday morning. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. One of my friends was in the league team, like really low in the league, like like steps nine or 12 whatever it is like the lowest one is like oh, come and play center half when you retire and i'm just oh god but then there's a part of me that's just just a big kid like in the cricket and just think, yeah go on i'll give it a go for a year i'll go and play just go and play reserves or something like that where the where basically i just want to find somewhere i can play where no one's going to try and break my leg every week and yeah um, just enjoying <laughs> the footy basically <laughs> yeah exactly so um so a few more questions that we've been sent is a bit more football related now is um who is the best player that you've ever played with and if you're allowed to tell us this who's the worst player that you've played with? <laughs> um, I definitely t- the best player I've played with. Well, um, it's a tough one actually. Um, the best player I've probably played with, I would say, uh, ability wise, is Hatem Benafa, most ability I've ever seen. Oh, um, okay, yeah. Never seen anything like it. Uh, na- like natural God-given ability is the best I've ever seen. Um, the best player, um, Johan Kabaya was was very, very good, very good. John Joe Shelby is a very, very good footballer. Really underestimated. Mm. Um, but um, Denver Bar was fantastic. Set unbelievable standards. Colicini. I think it's. Like, he, he, but to be fair, I look back and I, I look at like to say Chris Powell. Uh, I played with Powell, he sort of uh, a little bit when I was younger, and then he left and then he come back. And when I look back, as I get older, I appreciate more just how good he was. You know, he played mm. for England, played in the Premier League all his career. It was just like just so good all the time. Um, now I know like 
sometimes you don't say exciting players. You know, you'd love to say the exciting players, but I think sometimes it's just the players that are just consistent every single week and just seven, eight out of ten every week. And, mm. and some of them sometimes go under the radar a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a few to be honest with you. I just like, like every single player is different, but good for different reasons. And um, yeah, I can't answer the worst player. There's a few yeah. I can think of. I'm, prob- <laughs> I'm probably in the category myself, but yeah, um, I don't think I can answer that. No. I think well, if we were to say, obviously, I think um, you know Ben Arthur. I think you can just see that on the pitch, just the the crazy levels of skill as well. Yeah, it's mate. In terms of ability, he's the best I've ever seen by a long way. You know, yeah. like by a long, long way. Um, yeah, just I mean, he scored a couple of goals. He had like a a, a purple, I say a purple patch, not a purple patch, because. But he had this. He had this period of a six months. Um, it was a little bit, probably about a year to six months. But when he was like, he was just in the zone, and he scored two goals, identical goals, one one week after the other. He just picked the ball up in our half, run past five players, and scored. And, and you sort of thought that's the best guy I've ever seen. And literally the next week, he did it again. Um, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and then some of the stuff he did in training was just yeah amazing. Did, like, and we spoke about this the other day. A few of us who played with him were speaking, and we actually said. Um, He's probably the closest player to Messi that I've ever seen in terms oh, wow. of just his movement and his body. Listen, he's no Messi. Like, listen, Messi is Messi. There's no... Um, but in terms of the way he moved the ball, the way he struck it, the way he drifted past people, etc., he's the closest I've ever seen in terms of, of that. Um, yeah, so no, ability-wise, it would definitely be him. Cool. Um, and, you know, trying it up, Someone sent in saying, uh, best finisher that you've played against. Would that be Ben Arthur as well, would you say? Or no, see, his finishing was good, but it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was, um, unbelievable. Mm. Uh, finishing wise, uh, Papi Cisse used to score outrageous goals, like you said, probably over the years, of course. Yeah, um, he's a good Demba was a really good finisher. Um, the Sim Dion, who he signed for my acts. Was one of the best finishers um, because he had such disguise on his shots. And um, I remember me and Dale um, used to used to joke around, just like when he used to hit it, you just couldn't. You just he gave you he gave you the eyes twice, and you couldn't <laughs> tell where it was going. So you just end up just it was almost impossible to stop. Um, uh, Chucho Hernandez at Watford is very very good. Um, who who we signed this year? Really mm. really good. He reminds me of Aguero with his body shape and the way he hits the ball. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's been a few down the years to be fair, um, but those guys in particular always stand out. Uh, Darren Bent as well when I was at Cholton was um, was an exceptional finisher. We used to do um, me, him, uh, Ambrose, Brian Hughes, a few of the other lads would like stay out after training. This is back in the day where the sports science team didn't monitor it as much, so we used to stay out for training for like half an hour, forty five minutes just doing shooting. And, oh wow, um, okay, ben, yeah. Benny, Benny's finishing was um, was pretty incredible. Um, and again, when he was at Cholton, like it was, it was one of them moments where everything he hit went in. Um, so yeah, there's a few there. Oh, amazing! And um, uh, so, Rob, final question to round up today. And someone sent them a question saying, "What do you reckon is the worst goal that you've let in in your career?" Is that anyone I know who asked that? By the way, no, no, no. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I think one of the lads from cricket. Um, no, uh, <laughs> there's probably quite a few, but. No, probably one of the worst ones. Uh, there's a couple that come to mind straight away. Was um, the we played Stockport away and um, a lad last minute we're two 0 up. We were top of the league. I think they were down the bottom and it was one of them comfortable days. And uh, this lad's gone running down the left wing and he's, he's sort of crossed it in. And I was like, oh, he's overhit it. And I think, oh no. And it's going back behind me. And I'm thinking, oh god, I'm, like, I'm not sure I can get this. And I remember realizing it's flying over my head. So I sort of thought, oh, please hit the bar or something. And I've turned, and as I've turned around, the ball's hit the inside of the bar, hit the post, and then hit me smack in the chest, and then gone flying towards the goal. Oh no! And I thought, <laughs> oh no! And I've sort of, and the worst thing about it is I've dived after it as well, and I've ended up like with the ball in the goal and everything. And was it the away fans behind the goal? Or was yeah, it? it was the away fans. The Cholton the fans as well. So we was away, and they're just all looking at me, going like. Uh, and to be fair, the Cholton fans, I think they like me. Then there's obviously a few things I probably can't repeat. And then um, I say, oh god! And then literally, you, this Stockport turned into Man City. They just the last eight minutes of the game or whatever it was, just just absolutely battered us, and they just kept the ball and crosses and corners. I was thinking, oh, the lads are going to kill me if they score again. But luckily, <laughs> um, luckily they didn't. And then um, yeah, the last one we had, we played Southend on a Friday night, um, and I was thinking, oh, this is 
brilliant weekend off. You never get weekends off because we play Friday. It was like win the game, and then, um, it was it was random when the ball got played played up front and the two centre centrals both went for the ball and they both missed it. Oh no! It's one of the like comedy of errors, and then the strikers run running through. I got it straight through the goal, so I sort of backpedaled towards my goal, and I'm thinking like thinking I'm gonna have to make myself big, and he's just hit it from nowhere. Not like he's like 25 yards out, and he could just come straight through. Yeah. What's he doing? And uh, as he's hit it, I've gone down to scoop it up, and it's gone straight between my arms and my legs. Like, it's finding a nice little gap between the two. And I was like, oh no. And I was like, so again, I've turned around, I'm sprinting back, and then you know, I can just, you know, you just you can't give it up, and you know the ball's going over the line again. I end up in a heap with the ball in the goal, like legs tangled everywhere again, right in front of right. I think there's about 1,500 Cholton fans travelled. Uh-huh. You know, one nil down to South End, you just think, oh God. And then, especially one of the lads who I live with, Josh, he brought his mates to the game. And he said, like, he tells his story, and it's brilliant. He said he was walking into the ground, and she was saying, like, oh, yes, yeah. so, like, he, he, he said he'd take her to the football. And he was like, oh, yeah, we'll go see Robbie. <laughs> he said, to be fair to Robbie, one of his best um, strengths is that, like, like he, he's, not, he's an okay goalkeeper, he said, but he, he doesn't tend to make silly mistakes. He's quite solid. And he said, literally, he walks up the steps and just watched this. He said, as they stood there, he said, he just walked into the up steps to the stand. The first thing they see is this ball go straight through my legs and me running back into the goal. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Like your timing can be perfect, so but again, luckily, the lads, to be fair, wasn't like the lads turned around, we won 2 1. So, yeah, it must have cursed yeah. to them, isn't it? I think it's like, like a sort yeah, it was, of a... yeah, you must have known, it must have known, but it just goes to show you know what it is like these things they happen, you, obviously, you don't intend them to, but it's a lack of concentration, it's just one of those things. And but it's brilliant, it keeps you human, it keeps you settled. And you know, some like these things happening to you, I think, are a good thing, um, yeah. I really do, like they're, they're wicked because. Listen, you don't want it to happen. You don't want it to happen on the biggest stage or anywhere. But you, if you don't learn from them lessons in the harshest way, then like you, you're never going to learn the lessons because those things there give you an insight into, like, right, I don't want that to happen again. I don't want to feel like that again. I need to make sure I concentrate or I don't, or I learn from it so it doesn't happen again. And I think that's um, that's the main thing to take, trying to turn a positive. But it's funny. As a goalkeeper, you yeah. hold your hands up. No. Just hand up. Sorry, Absolutely. lads. Sorry, Absolutely. lads. My fault again. Yeah. <laughs> I think, no, I mean, even recently, um, even in Medway, like, just um, one of, a couple of my mates, you know, all play for the same football team um, down in Medway, Medway Knights, and um, went to watch the cup final recently at Chatham Town. And um, um, he's going to kill me for saying this, but he's he, he, my best mates in goal. And, um, I think he conceded from a throw-in, as in he, uh, it was one of those Rory Delap kind of throw-ins. And yeah. Yeah, the players just got it in and he, play, he plays cricket as well. So it's not, not one of our lads from Frinsbury, but you know, I think the ball's just been flicked on and he, I think he's just dropped it twice into the goal. <laughs> oh, in, a, in, a, in a cup final as well. But, you know, I think um, you know, one on penalties in the end, one on a penalty in the end. So... Um, well, that's the thing. He's probably yes. gone from um, he's probably gone from like zero to hero <laughs> as a goalkeeper. It goes you can go from hero to zero. You go from zero to hero uh, in a matter of seconds. So, but listen, it's 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 a tough life because like when people say what do you do, I used to say I was a footballer because that's just a generic response. You, know, you don't really think about that. I play football. Yeah. Actually, now I say I'm a goalkeeper because it's so different to being a footballer. It's horrible. I don't know why I do it. But sometimes you think like, why do we put ourselves through this? There's no, you, know, you can make twenty saves in a game. Kick yeah. every ball perfectly. You make one mistake and you've had a really bad game and you're useless. Yet a midfielder can give the ball away, can pass the ball 60 times, give it away 20, but then can get man in the match. And you just sort of exactly. think, like, why do we do it? But yeah, I think just to round it up as well, I think it's just a question that's popped into my head is like you said, you know, when people ask what you do, you say you're a footballer, has it? We like, you know, obviously playing in the Prem and stuff. At a younger age, or even now, like, has it changed the way people like sort of talk to you, or you know, the way? Oh they... yeah, definitely. Like, it, there's positives and negatives to that as well because it's a really good icebreaker, um, and it's a really nice way to get to have like to meet people. Obviously, yeah. like, um, like you say, like, especially like just use Newcastle for example. It's like, oh, you play for Newcastle, and then you chat, and obviously everyone's got a common interest up there, so it's a nice way of meeting people and stuff. But then there's obviously like there's people who just automatically. Um, like there's always the same story of yeah. like you get it with taxi drivers or not just taxi drivers I'm doing the same thing as people do to me yeah, that's really harsh but you'll always have a story from someone where they'll be like um, they'll, they'll be like oh yeah do you remember this player and I'll be like, oh, like it might, I won't I don't know who it might have been and they'll always be like yeah he said to me he was like um, I'm doing this today and then they, they always and he went to me he went do you know who I am and I was literally thinking I don't know any player 
I've never come across any player who's ever said to anyone in mid conversation or, or, oh, you don't know who I am, or do you know who uh, I am? Yeah. I'm thinking like it's that same old, like it's like that myth of a footballer. Well, as far as I'm aware, listen, there's probably an idiot who's done it somewhere, you know. But like it, and I'm just sort of thinking, and I'm thinking, well, I've heard this same story just with a different player from 30, 40 different people. I, I don't think. You know, and sometimes it's people you know, and you're thinking, I know this lad. He would never ever say that. Like he would never yeah. ever say, "Oh, do you know who I am?" and all this sort of stuff. And it's always the person going, "Oh yeah, well I just said I don't know, I mate, I don't really care. I don't care who you do, how much money you earn." And I'm like, "Yeah, it just it's one of those like them fables, you know, um, that you hear. Um, yeah. It's like a famous one in Newcastle where apparently everyone who works in Shearer's house has to call him Mister Shearer. Some apparently <laughs> one builder once tried to call him Alan." And then he went, oh, no, it's Mr. Shearer. And you're sort oh. of thinking, well, to be fair, anyone I've ever spoken about, I, I don't know him. I, I don't know him at all, but everyone I've ever spoken to, and he said, has good things to say about him. Yeah. But it's just one of the things, you know, like them sort of things go around. And um, yeah, so it can be, it can be it, listen, nine, 99 times out of 100, it's sound, and it's a nice way to speak to the guy. And, and the other thing is always, you get as well as like, oh, you're, you're not like uh, most footballers. And I'm like, well, how many footballers do you know? You're like, oh, you're the first one I've met. I'm like, well, exactly. It's like, they're <laughs> just, just normal lads. We're just like, most, yeah. most like my families and that sort of stuff and that. But no, unfortunately, there's like, there's the, there's the way it's dressed up in the press and the reality of it, you know. Um, exactly. It's always and, a stigma, isn't it? Yeah. There is a stigma. And do you know what? Some, and listen, from the outside, it can play to, you know, you, you can drive nice cars. You sometimes have expensive things. You go to expensive places. But like I said to anyone, if you give a, any any young person like x amount of money for doing their job they're going to buy nice cars they're going to go to certain places they're going to go out and spend money on nights out because that's what you do when you're young regardless of what you do as a living you know it's just exactly. it's yeah. just the stigma of being a footballer and, and and the amount of money in it like which you can understand you know, yeah. like, like you get a lot of money for playing the game at the end of the day but no, it's always funny i do love it it's um it's uh it's, it's good fun it's um right. it's good it's, it's i like the fact that you can have a rapport with someone you know yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, no. Honestly, Rob, um, thank you so much for coming. Anytime, here. mate. Yeah, Anytime, yeah. of course. It's been an absolute pleasure. I mean, you know, um, I think you're one of the biggest guests that we've had on, and you know, it's just been so no, humbling. I'm sorry, to... man. Apologies. No, no, no. Absolutely, no. I'm honoured to have you on. Honestly, it's been so good. We've, we've. Um, when I told people that you were, we were, you were coming on, there were loads of, um, you know, followers um, got in, interacting and was. Um, Keen to listen to the episode, so I'm excited to put this out. Um, do you have any um, last-minute words, you know, any insp- <laughs> inspirational quotes for anyone looking up to football or anything? No, no, do you know what it is? Just, I think the biggest thing is um, be yourself. Just be yourself and, and just do, what, do what's right for you. Because, um, you know, listen, I've got a lot of thoughts. I've got a lot of things that I do well. I've got a lot of things I do badly. But ultimately, as I've got older, I've realised to just be myself more. Um not perfect in any way shape or form but if i can just be who i am and accept it then then things go a lot easier and it's easier to get up and sleep at night and be happy with everything you're doing and um don't try and be anyone else but yourself because it's huge and uh, yeah. if you are trying to achieve anything whether it's in football or not just 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 work hard that, that, that's the biggest thing is just work hard apply yourself when you're at training or wherever you are train hard as you can and then the rest of the time like whatever it is you want to do do because um as, as, as brilliant as it is, it's not the most important thing in the world. Um, you know, like when you talk about friends and family and health and everything, especially at the moment. But um, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Though, like I do a lot of coaching, and you've got the academy in Newcastle stuff. It's just you just want kids to just be themselves and 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 feel comfortable with who they are. And it doesn't matter if you're a bit different. Don't try and be something you're not. Just be yourself. You no, know, I'm a massive geek. You guys take the mic out of me for it. Um, you know, like I don't, I'm literally, I, I can, you, you could dress me in Dolce and Gabbana if head to toe, and I'd still look, <laughs> I'd still look so unstylish, it's untrue. But it's just how I am, you know. And there's no point trying to, trying to, trying to be anything different. So exactly, you know, that's the Just be yourself and enjoy it, and, and make sure you enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, then then don't do it. Simple as that. Great. Thank you so much once again, Rob. Anytime, mate. It's, it's been, been a pleasure. pleasure. Thank you. Take care, pal. So that concludes the episode for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and all the fantastic feedback we've got so far. Um, Please do message the JTYLK Instagram page with any recommendations or any guests that you'd like to see and hopefully we can bring them onto the show. Um, So until next time, hope you all keep safe and see you later. (laughs) 